Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I'm Sam, one of your hosts that's normally here, always here, kicking around. Delighted to say my partner in crime is with me again this week. It's my friend Matt. Hey mate, yeah, no, I am delighted because it just feels good to be a Spurs fan at the moment, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> it is, it's what a difference a week can make. Really does, um, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to kick this off with, with straight away just saying, if last week, right, so we've just had this game where we've been screwed out of three points with a handball decision, right? Which feels now like it was a year ago. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, we've been screwed out of points. The handball decision, I think I said to you, you know, oh, man, I am sick to death of this football. I'm done. If anyone had said to me or you, right, on that night, say, look, guys, don't worry, because this week coming... You're going to knock Chelsea out the League Cup on penalties with basically your B team. <laughs> You're then going to play in the, the final game of the Europa League. You're not just going to win that. You're going to demolish them about, you know, 5-1. And then you're going to go to Old Trafford at the weekend with the team pretty fatigued, pretty done in. But you know what? You are that good. You're going to beat them 6-1. Do you think, A, you would have believed that person... Or B, do you think you'd have had him locked up in a mental asylum? Yeah, yeah, definitely B. And also, do you know the yeah. fact? This is the thing. You've said that five one. We beat him seven two. Oh, <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, what what planet am I on? Seven two. Yeah, do you know I have a couple of goals on there, Sam. Yeah. Do you know what? That's really weird. And I, I'll tell you for why that's really weird. Not just because I'm a fucking idiot for getting it wrong, <laughs> but I had five one in my head, right? All day yesterday, that it was 5 1. And then I said it to someone, and they went, Who did we beat 5 1? And I went, Oh, no, you're right, it was 7 2. Yeah. And then today, it's clearly just carried on. I have yeah. no idea where that's come from. But I think part of it, re- the part of the reason why is because even, like you said, like even 5 1, you'd have gone, Yeah, all right. You know, yeah, so, no, so that even that was a yeah. stretch. <laughs> but, but the 7 2 thing as well, I mean, I, I sent this to you straight after the game in this kind of, Can you believe this? was exactly a year to the day that we lost 7-2 to Bayern. Yeah, that is bizarre. Do you know what? I was getting... Because um, I, I, as soon as you did put that on there, I put it on my yeah. Facebook page. and Yeah, yeah. You know, with, uh, with, with most like most times you put something on Facebook, you're going to get the odd... Well, with me, I'll get the, my Spurs fan friends liking it, and then I'll get yeah. the abuse from the non-Spurs fans. And there was like yeah. an, an Arsenal fan, and, and he's um he's my wife's cousin, so I'll try, you know I won't oh, be too offensive wow, yeah. on the podcast. I'm sure he won't listen because he's a big Arsenal fan. But even if yeah. if the wife listens, I better if my wife listens, I better you know not say anything yeah. too derogatory. But he yeah. was he was just basically. Put, uh, going along the lines of oh yeah but you know w- w- when's the last time you won all this rubbish and it's only it was yeah. that's why he put on there uh, well the opposition is downgraded a little bit but then I went to yeah, him oh, I said, and, then, and then I just came back with I said well you know since you're an Arsenal fan you'll have to tell me what it's like down here in the Europa League then because we yeah. haven't been here for a while you yeah. know and he, he wouldn't take Matt, it he kept giving it back <laughs> Matt sorry, sorry to interrupt you mate um, I've just had this message from you saying I can't say it but can you call that guy a cunt on the podcast <laughs> Oh, the cousin, your Church. wife's cousin. You want me to call him? Oh, sorry, the Arsenal supporting shitbag. I don't, 
I don't get what you mean. I'll tell you what, when we're not recording, you fill me in what you wanted me to do, whether you, you want me to call them an ingrate. Clearly that part of the family, they're all related. I, I don't get what you're trying to say, mate, but that's fine. We'll talk about it off when we're not recording. Yeah, thanks, I actually that. saw that. Um, I actually saw that in your comments because I liked your post. And I, I looked at it and I was like, sometimes when you know people, you can interject in a kind of comical way. Yeah. But when people don't know you at all, it's really difficult. So a lot of my old school friends and stuff, they interact with each other and I'll say something and they'll be like, oh, Sam, you haven't changed. Yeah. And then I forget that when I then say the same thing to people who don't move, they're like, wow, who is that <laughs> asshole? Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 it was funny because, oh yeah, I get it, you don't know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> So I often look at those posts, start typing, and then go, nope, no, no, yeah, no, I no, better no. not. I better not. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Because yeah. I actually saw on there a West Ham fan said something, and I was just like, oh, dude, really? I know. I mean, it, this what? this guy, like, it's, it's this the, the West Ham fan is someone I used to work with, and um, yeah, yeah. And and every when I, I remember when I when I um, was going to the games at Wembley, do you remember the yeah. first? Was it the four first four or five game home games? Uh, when we moved to Wembley, oh, we, didn't, we struggled. We didn't win. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. without foul, as soon as I walked out of Wembley, I got a text from him: "You're going to win F4 this season." That's what basically that's what it was every yeah. time, and it was just like you're a West Ham fan. Like, why? Like, yeah. have you got no self awareness of the team you support? No, <laughs> no, I, I got a mate who's a season ticket diehard Millwall fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, which which in itself tells you a little bit about him. He's got a shaved head, by the way. Hey, not saying that's a stereotype. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, but yeah, he um he always like me and him talk about football all the time. He always says to me, he said, "Well, there's a class system in there." He said, "I can't really banter you because what the hell am I going to banter you about? Oh, look at you in your massive shiny new stadium and your multi-million pound squad and all the trophies you've won in your history." Oh yeah, hang on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so me and him have, you know, we have quite a good laugh. But the funny thing with him is like, but I give West Ham some shit, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, because what have they got? Yeah, exactly. Oh, we won the World Cup. No, you didn't. No, no. <laughs> and the guy who lifted it wanted to play for Tottenham. Yeah, as we proved. Uh, yeah. 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 So no, I, I always have a good crap with a lot of people. But yeah, West Ham fans seem to have this really weird thing with us, where it's like they give us crap, and I. I, I mean, I've often replied on Twitter on the lines of like, seriously, stop trying to bring it into some rivalry that's relevant. You're yeah, not. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was like, really he, not a thing. No, I mean, he was like, he like I said to him, like, oh, I appreciate it was only a Europa League qualifier, but even Europe, I mean, there's yeah. nothing for you to, as a West Ham fan, there's nothing no. for you to see here, you know? <laughs> seriously. Yeah, like, the, the even... one chance I think you had of qualifying, you, they couldn't even beat like some part time team in the back no. end of. Eastern as Europe in, somewhere. By Dan, no. Which, by the way, we've just done. Yeah. So, yeah. in your faces. <laughs> yeah. Um. What did you, before we get stuck into this, obviously the, the games, I mean, I know on the last week's podcast we talked about Chelsea, so we're just going to focus on a little bit on Europe and then that Man United game. Probably just the Man United game, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, um, what do you think about the Europa League draw? Because I, I saw that draw and I looked at it and I went, thank you, that'd do. Yeah, I, and then I and then I looked a little bit closer and went, oh, okay, they're actually quite good. That's <laughs> annoying um, because I saw the t- I saw the teams come out and went yes, and one of them's called Apol A P O L or something like that. So I did like you know I did a quick Danny Rose jumped on the Google <laughs> and had a look them up and they knocked out Sporting Lisbon in their knockout game four one. Wow, 
So I was like, all right, hang on then. So if we drew Sport in Lisbon, all of us would be going, oh, that's the team. That's the ones we got to beat. But because they're called APOL and no one's ever heard of them, and they're like, oh, it's going to be a walkover. It's going to be easy. They just smashed Sport in Lisbon 4-1. Let's not just immediately jump to the conclusion that because we haven't heard of them, <laughs> there are going to be a walkover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's oh. interesting because like when, when we was... Um, you know, hopefully we'll be back there very soon. But when we was in the Champions yeah. League, it got yeah. to the point for me, and I don't know if it's the same for you, where I didn't really mind who we got. You know, I, I kind of, yeah, at, was, oh, to an extent, an yeah, yeah, and to an extent, I kind of wanted the big teams because yeah. I can remember, was it about, was it three years ago? We, we kind of, we didn't get out of the group stage. I mean, it was a yeah. real limp one. I think we finished third. And we and it was, they were really, not average, t- but they weren't like, there was no massive teams in there. And I'd, no. ra- I'd rather go out in a blaze of glory, you know, against yeah. Barcelona or a team like that, you know. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't mind who we face. And it's, for, for me as well, it, it felt a li- there's a little bit of sadness because not like not that I go away too much, like you know, for the European games. But like no. you saw, there's a Belgian team in there, and if you, yeah, oh, cool, yeah. that have been like a, a, a away day to Belgium. And it's a little bit sad that. Just that's not even relevant at the moment, you know where where the teams are. Well, I guess relevant to the to players, but not for for, for going to the going to watch them away, you know. Yeah, yeah, which is no, quite sad. Um, so, some breaking news while we're talking: um, <clears throat> the Europa League squad's been submitted. Um, we've left out Jedson Fernandez, Paulo Gazaniga, and Danny Rose. That's that's unsurprising, really, isn't it? Well, well, the Danny Rose thing, one hundred percent, we all know. The club's just like, look, dude, leave. Just get rid, go. <laughs> yeah, you're literally you you're like a bad you don't smell. Don't want to be here. You yeah. told everyone you don't want to be here, but yeah. Um, so that, that's that's kind of a sidebar thing. Gazaniga, I feel sorry for Jedson. I, I kind of still don't know what a Jedson Fernandez is, but again, I feel for him a little bit. But basically. Uh, Europa League squad rules um, on foreign players were just over, so we had to leave some out. Um, and obviously, we've included our new striker. We've included Gareth Bale. Shocking. <laughs> um, so these are the two, two that have had to make way. I mean, like I said, I do feel for him because, you know, Gazaniga I think has been a really, you know, decent backup for us. Um, but signing a homegrown keeper in Joe Hart kind of just makes so much sense. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. It's funny with the Jedson yeah. one, isn't it? And I said this to you, I think I might have said it on the podcast as well, but you just almost want to call him Jedson, don't you? Because he's just got that same, yeah. it's just, it's the same feeling as with those, the other ones we've signed, where they're just wingers that are just, I don't want to say average, but, well, maybe I do, you know, they're just, they're not going to, yeah, they're not going to light anything up, are they? And he just hasn't made the impact that I guess we'd all hoped he'd make uh, since we've signed him on loan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I just don't know what the what to say with him really because you see him and you watch him in games and you're like there's a player there and I think mm. everyone can see that but it's like but where you know mm. like in preseason we put him at right back right wing back um, he's played at number ten he's played in central midfield to me like when I look at him and his athleticism I think well perhaps it's kind of like a Sissoko replacement like a guy purely built for transitions box to box. But then at the same time, he doesn't ever seem to play there. And when he does, there's not been a game yet where you've looked at it and gone, ah, there he is, there's the kid, that's, yes. that's the one you're looking at. Yeah. He certainly, you certainly can't imagine we're going to take up our option on him unless something changes this season. But 
Um, I don't know. It's a strange one that it always has been. But yeah, so there you go. That was that was breaking news, and it, most people will know what time we're recording this now. <laughs> do, do you know what we need to we need to do, Sam? Like we need to have like a jingle. You need to get your 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 guy that does our our, our start one, and just like a Spurs news breaking news jingle, so, so we can play that if anything like this happens again. Spurs news breaking news. There's a thing at the moment on. Um, because obviously on our Facebook page we do the posts and we like it's all image based, but you can do short clip videos or or gifs. Um, but on pages you can't do them yet. But apparently in one of the development things that's coming up, you will be able to post the, the gif stuff as oh, long well. as it's under three second repeat for pages. And I do often look at that and think, well, maybe we'll vary it up and we'll do that instead of the images, and that then we could put in like a little breaking news thing which yeah. you'll have to work on but then that sounds like a lot of work it does know. maybe I don't know I'll probably stick to the way it is to be honest I, I, I changed the intro and the outro on the podcast and that's still bugging me yeah. I don't know if I've said this to you I, I, I don't like change but at no. the same time I'm like 100 episodes you need to try and keep it fresh and mm. stuff like that so I made the change and we're now, I don't know, six, seven episodes into having the new one. And every time I hear it, I'm like, that's not us. That doesn't sound right. No. But then you... other people will quite like it. So, yeah. I, I think the thing is, um, like you say, you don't like change. I just don't think yeah, human beings like change, do they? I mean, <laughs> you, you like, I'm, I'm a member of my local um, Facebook page. And, you know, yeah. if, if anything change, like anything remotely small changes, like they change the colour of the post yeah. box or something, oh, you should see. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't don't go messing around with like someone's fence at number thirty-one that faces my road. Yo, the idiot's gone and painted it blue. What a diabolical bastard! We don't like yeah, change, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, mate, don't. I can <laughs> stuff stuff like that. Do you know, me and you have talked about this before, and, and it's a bit of a sidebar from that, but it does crack me up. You know, like when we post something, like, um, and it's typically when it's to do with Tottenham women or the academy. Sometimes someone goes, "Don't care." <laughs> or like big who cares or something like that i actually saw a, a ricky gervais comedy sketch and he basically absolutely nailed exactly what we and you have said before mm. he's like it's my twitter account that i put out to me i don't know any of the people that follow me personally he said so i don't know what they like they dislike or anything like that but they are choosing to follow me he said and then i put something out and they go i don't want to see this and i'm like then keep scrolling, bitch, because <laughs> yeah, exactly, what the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> and then, like, I'm watching this sketch, I'm like, wow, me and Matt have yeah. had this conversation so many times. Yeah, and, yeah. He's, and he even said it's like the equivalent of walking to a village, seeing the village notice board, seeing guitar lessons. <laughs> I don't want a bloody guitar lessons. <laughs> Ringing the person up and going, oh, are you, you giving guitar lessons? Yes. Well, I don't want them. I don't want them. <laughs> the phone down. It's so it's true, like, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's like... The amount of times on a Facebook page, like, oh, you know, Tottenham women uh, did well yesterday. They won two one. Or like when we we made that sign in that lady, uh, Morgan, and I was like, oh, you know, it's a really big deal for for the women's team and everything like that. And I, almost like ninety percent of the comments were like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I've heard of her. You're like really getting kind of like, wow, that's big. That's kind of a big deal. And then you got the couple like, oh, big deal. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. I'm like. Literally, mate, you're in a comment section of about 40 comments of 38 of them are going, wow, this is really interesting. And you say, nobody cares. (laughs) Clearly, people care 
you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to just delete them. Just like, nah, do you know what? I ain't giving you the time of day. And now I've left them in there and I answer them just so everybody can point at the idiot. Yes. You know, like, oh, look at you, you prat. Yeah. Let them fall on this sword. And then they, they deleted themselves then. Yep, yep, yeah. And they, they vanish. Yep. They don't want to engage. Once someone's pointed out, what exactly are you trying to say? I mean, that's always the fun one. What, what, what are you trying to say about this? Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, run away. Oh, crap. But anyway, we, we, we digress. We have we have digressed massively. So um, the fun thing I think everyone wants to hear us talk about is this, this scoreline, okay? Manchester United 1, Tottenham Hotspur 6. That's it's, six. It's incredible, is. isn't it? We scored six goals at Old Trafford in the Premier League. Manchester United got one. So let, let's just walk through this for a second, right? Going into kickoff to this game, right, and try and forget what happened, but going into kickoff, what was your hope for the game and what was what you thought, you know, what was your kind of, oh, my heart, you know, my head wants, my head knows this, my heart wants this, What? Were, where were you at with those two things? Right, so, I mean, we've been, we're, we're obviously, both of us, we're very similar age, so we've seen we how much we've struggled at Old Trafford through the years, we've had the, <laughs> we <have>. the Mendes <laughs> goal, like inverted commas, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, we've had some decent results fairly of 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 late you know with, uh, yeah. what comes to mind is the, you know when Ericsson banged in the wind. you know we've had two or three wins at Old Trafford so it's not been as impossible to um uh, to hope for a win as it has maybe sort of 15 20 years ago but at the same yeah. time I was kind of thinking well you look at the last couple of results against Man United like you know we had, they beat us 1-0 uh, I think last year at their ground and then it yeah. was one or our ground was just after the lockdown and yeah. it felt like first half, you know, Bergwijn scored that goal, but then once they equalised, I had a horrible feeling they were going to go on and win the game, and they nearly did yeah. with that penalty that thankfully uh, was 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 overruled by VAR. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of went into thinking, I just kind of maybe hope for a draw. You, you know, it's it's Man United, regardless of whether they're the Man United of now or the Man United of fifteen years ago. And, and given given the fatigue in our legs. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I, I just thought if it, if it ends up one all, I'll take that. I think I'll take a one all yeah. draw. How about you? I, I, yeah, I mean, I went into it with the kind of hope, the the hope of you know we might win. Obviously, um, if I had that hope, the win in my mind would have been like two one, one nil, three two, something like that. Mm. Um, and in my brain though, it's just like don't get dicked, <laughs> don't get embarrassed. Yeah, because you know, yeah. in my thinking, like the lads are going to be tired, and you're up against Greenwood, Martial, and Rashford, who are all rapid. So in my head, I'm like, oh, this could be so bad, you know. Pogba against Mourinho seems to always become like the friggin' incredible Hulk, and I'm like, oh, please don't get embarrassed, you know. If we come away with a draw, I'm going to be so happy. So from that feeling, right. I go to Twitter and I'm interacting with fellow Tottenham fans on Twitter and I start to see a trend and it gives me this pit of my stomach kind of, oh no, yeah, of course. And that is about an hour before kickoff, every account that normally does like game coverage starts tweeting, penalty, Man United, sorry, just getting this ready. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, VAR being what it is. Penchester United don't have this reputation for nothing. It's at Old Trafford. 
And I literally, right, messaged my brother at kickoff, which is why this is so funny. I messaged him, so the game's kicked off. I've posted on Facebook, I've picked up my phone, and I've messaged him. What minute do you reckon Man United will get a penalty? And then I've messaged him, never mind. <laughs> They've got one. <laughs> Cause, cause, and, and, like, literally, he said he sat there watching it, has gone, ah, oh, for a f-, looked at his phone and laughed his head off. Because he's <laughs> like, that's that's amazing. I mean, it, it is just ridiculous that that happened. Um, I, it's one of those things with that, with Sanchez, because I don't overly blame him on that. It is a penalty by the right of the rules, but it's like... When you go in like that and someone's turned you and they're going past and you try and take the ball away, you've got two options. You either win the ball cleanly and the referee goes, nope, you took it clean, or it's a penalty. Um, And in the first 60 seconds of a game, your timing's not going to be what it is after, you know, two, three, four, five minutes. I'm almost thankful that it wasn't another bloody handball, though. I think I might have absolutely lost it. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's in in a really odd kind of way. It was kind of a little bit of relief that it felt like it actually was a penalty. It, it funny yeah. enough, it was a bit like the the one that uh, in the game last season that the uh, Pogba yeah. won from Dyer. It was that very yeah. felt very similar. But yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, well, it's, it's a penalty one. You know, the, yeah. the players have played for that and they've learned to play for that. Where basically they tap the ball away, the legs there, and they literally go over the leg. Yeah, sure. Um, look, every everybody does it. So I, I ain't going to be critical of no, over that. I, no. I do think that Ollie needs to wind his neck in a little bit when he points at people for cheating because I think, hello, mate. <laughs> yeah. Bruno Fernandes at our ground last season literally dived. It wasn't he tried to win the penalty like that. He literally dived. Mm. And a lot of other clubs, when Ollie had this rant, went, oh, hang on. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah sure. You've had like 19 penalties. <laughs> they ain't all legit, Ollie. Mm. Um, but anyway, so we went 1 0 down within a minute, two minutes. And how are you feeling? Well, I, my my heart just sank like, oh fuck you. Yeah. Right. Well, well, I actually like so the, as the game kicked off, uh, Seb wanted to watch the game with me, and so yeah. um, I, I've quickly, I've <laughs> quickly popped. Yeah, I've quickly popped to the loo. I've come back. No. He went. They've got a penalty, Dad. And I was like, shut up. And I looked. I was like, oh, you're having a laugh. And when it went in, I was like, this is gonna. It could be one of these days. It really could mm-hmm. be one of these days. Did you not think that as well? That was my fear. Like I said, before kickoff or anything, it was like their front three against tired defence could be horrific. Yeah. And we've gone 1-0 down within. And the other thing as well is like, one of the things with this team, like last season, Jose pointed it out, and us as fans have all been like, yeah, we know, is like the minute like something goes against us, like the team seems to have this kind of like, ah, they almost react like the fans do, which is, ah, again, right, here we go. We're going to get hammered. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, it's a penalty decision really early. It's gone against us. And I had this gut kind of feeling like, oh, please don't crack, guys. Please, please, please don't crumble. Thankfully, we seem to have uh, a bit of a sterner backbone to us now. Um, whether you can say that's a change in personnel throughout the squad, because I think Hoybier is the kind of guy in midfield that, doesn't take a backward step from anything. Um, Kane, we know his mentality. Um, I, I, and I think, obviously, Jose's having an impact on the squad. I don't think you can deny that. We we got straight back into it. And I don't know about you, man, but um, we went 2-1 up kind of rapid. And I was just in shock. 
Yeah, seven minutes in, it was two one. It was bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was like in absolute shock because the the, the fear of going that one nil down and and the kind of oh you know here we go we've got the one one I'm like that kind of really scrappy Undon Ballet smashes it in. I'm like they all can't <laughs> they yeah, all can't yeah, get in. Yeah. Um, and then we go two one up, and I'm just like, wow. You like we've just ripped them open in the way that I was terrified they were going to do to us. Mm. You know, like we just pace. Sonny's pace got in there, which, by the way, brings us to another interesting point. Um, Son Hun Min had a hamstring injury. Yeah, I thought he was going to be out. For, didn't Jose say he'd be out for a number of weeks? Didn't. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, looks looks serious. Um, la- ladies and gentlemen, I think we need to uh, address this here. Um, Jose, you are a liar. <laughs> <laughs> you lied to everybody, you can even all get. Um, is it just me, or does that feel very? Uh, it probably me and you and our age with this now, but that felt very Ferguson esque. It felt yeah. very Sir Alex. The, the, the thing is, I know we're um, gonna, I know we'll go on to it with the Lamella uh, incident, but it, it yes, felt very yes. dark arty. <laughs> The dark arts. You are yeah. a massive fan of the I, dark arts. I'm a massive. If it, if it wins us trophies, I'm the biggest fan of the dark arts. Sir. I um I yeah uh, I I just so yeah. Let's talk about the Lamella incident a second then. So uh, Eric Lamella, out of nowhere, by the way, and I've I've not seen this. So we've got a corner. The referee blows his whistle. He's walking over and he gets his card out. Immediately, I'm thinking, oh no, who's he sent off? Because I'm thinking it's against us. This is at Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man United players don't get sent off at Old Trafford. They've got a pretty much machine gun somebody to get sent <laughs> off. There's that old thing about old oh, Rio Ferdinand could stab somebody and still only get a book in. The referees say, what? It's part of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's showing a red card and they're like, who is it? And the Pogba stood there and I'm like, oh wow, what's Pogba done? Has he lost his head? No, Martial. I'm like, what? Martial? He's, what What the hell's happened? And then we see it. <laughs> Eric Lamella is winding him up, does the usual tussle in the box, you know, trying to get in front of you thing, and right, I think it's his neck, sort of like puts his arm right across his neck. Martial sort of moves to move his arm, swings his hand into his face, and Lamella drops to the floor. Like, oh, oh no, my face! Oh, oh! <laughs> I'm just going to lie here whilst I recover from this horrific facial injury. And the referee sends the guy off and Lamella gets up smiling. Um, <laughs> just, it, it, was, it, was a t- it was a tickle, what is it? <laughs> it's, um, it's a really, really kind of difficult thing because he books Lamella, by the way. So VAR reviewed the incident and VAR have gone, look, Lamella was being a bit naughty, but you can't react. So the red card is correct. You know, Lamella basically doing what he did highlighted it, right? Literally drew attention to it. If Lamella just stood there, looked at him and gone, what are you doing? Then nothing would have happened. Mm, But mm. because he's literally gone, oh, oh no, oh, and like dropped to the floor, he's highlighted it. And then they're in this position where the referee's seen it and he's, well, I've got to send him off because it is a reaction. VAR have reviewed it and gone, yeah, Lamella was being a bit naughty. That's a booking, but yeah, it's a reaction. So we agree with your red card. So Martial's right to go. Lamella, in my opinion, is right to get booked for being a bit of an argy-bargy git. And I don't mean that as in Argentinian argy. I mean like argy-bargy <laughs> pushing, shoving, by the way. Just want to clear that up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
But what? Mourinho uh, then subs him at half time. Yeah, yeah. He knew he was going to get sent. He knew he was going to get another <laughs> yellow. He was on. He was on thin ice, wasn't he? But do you know what? what? I, here's here's one for you. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think would have happened if Martial had dropped to the floor like he'd been shot uh, after Lamella had struck him? Do you think Lamella would have got a red card? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think Because it's like raising your hands to the opponent. But but it's the thing that's funny in the law. It's like him doing that possibly would have only got a book in. Like, possibly. The referee might have just gone in and gone, like, no, you can't swing your arms around like that. I know you're tussling, but that's a yellow card. But there's a thing in the rules about reacting. Like, it's almost like if someone slaps you and you punch them back, you'll yeah. get a booking, you'll get a red, you know? Yeah, because yeah, so you're like, reacting, yeah. Really yeah. Gra- yeah, and that's yeah. kind of like this weird thing. And everybody's known that in football for a long time. Like, you know, think about that Beckham sending off when he got hacked down, he, like, flicked a leg out. Mm. The guy got booked for hacking him to the ground, but then... Beckham gets sent off for like literally flicking him with his leg. Yeah, do you remember the sun? It was a sunny one. Do you remember recently last season yeah, as well when yeah, he got yeah. sent off? And that was on the Amazon documentary, wasn't it? When he sort of come out and it was, yeah. how's that red? You know, but because yeah, he but reacted. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you, Sonny. But yeah, it's it's a reaction. The minute they deem you as reacting, boom, red car, get off. Mm. You've got to be emotionless robots. But yeah. yeah. So. It's what it is, and it is a red. It is a red because Eric Lamella made it a red. Yeah. Eric Lamella was an intelligent c-word. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's the thing. Look, don't get me wrong. For not for, if if I was a Manchester United fan, I would be absolutely fuming at it. But yeah. that, I've been I've been on the other end so many times. Oh, and, from and, Man United, by the way. Well, yeah, well, and I and I, <laughs> I mention it. I know I, pr- I apologise to people who listen to every episode because I know it's something I yeah. mention quite a lot, but. You know the the Juventus one is always one that sticks to my yeah, mind. The Champions League, that game, yeah. and, and I just was so fed up of them. Like almost, it felt like cheating. Like you know, you're just doing this deliberately. Mm. And but then I just genuinely think it's got to the point now where we, we can't like. And this is like, I was talking to, to to a friend of mine, a Manchester United fan, after he calmed down, like after the game, he stuck, <laughs> his, he stuck oh. his middle finger up at me, and then after yeah. a couple of hours, we had, we you know we was all mates again, you know. But uh, but yeah. I, I was saying to him that the problem we had in the past, and I I I liken um, Pochettino to Solskjaer. I think yeah. they're um, they they both want to play attractive, uh, entertaining, attacking football, but yeah. it's naivety. I think Solskjaer and Pochettino are naive and yeah. like Mourinho you could never label Mourinho naive he's not no, he's just never. not naive and I just think now it's come to the point with us where look we, we need to win trophies you, you've got Bows come along yeah. he's like he's yeah. talking about helping us win trophies then the new guy uh, how do we pronounce his name it's Vincent uh, V V forty five. We can call him now. Yeah, him. Right. Yeah, he's cu- he's coming along and he's saying, "Look, I'm coming in here to help the club win trophies." I just think we the, this the, the dark arts has got to be part of it. It just has to be. Yeah. They, they, they just they, like you said with the the c word. Like you can't yeah. win things being nice. You know, you've got to be <laughs> narky and 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 play. You know, play play with the rules. Play to the rules. You know, well, like, well, you, like you said. I mean, we won. We won this game six one. It's not like we won the game one nil thanks to a dodgy decision from a one penalty that was like some dark arts Mourinho masterclass. This was a uh, an attacking masterclass with an incident in it where it possibly added to the scoreline. But I mean, I think we were from the from the penalty incident onwards. 
That was our game. We were all over them. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong, Sam. I'm not trying to say that that the Dark Arts is going to win you. Like it's going to be the sole reason for winning your games. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah. You you've got to accept that. Like, all right, we, uh, like like um, uh, Neville said, I think in commentary, he said even if that hadn't they hadn't been sending off, I still think yeah. Man United would have got tonked today. Like so, and I and I yeah. had that feeling as well. So I'm not yeah. saying that 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 moment of Dark Arts, if you like, it was what won, won us no. the game, but. You, you know, you, you look at the mentality side of it. You can you you can see. I mean, I I might I'm trying to compare like the before sending off and after sending off. But Man United players were just not interested after. I don't think after that they just weren't interested. It completely just they were they were they they, they checked out. I think after that sending off and because the the third goal went in just after, didn't it? And for me, they just yeah. they just checked out of that game. And because Solskjaer tried to tighten the game up second half by making those two subs he did, yeah. but he didn't it didn't yeah. work because the, you could see the team no. were just they were done they were like um, we, we've, we've just given up with this game it's also a case of and I think we need to applaud him a little bit tactically um, Jose literally pinpointed where he felt weaknesses were in this Man United team and in that he felt that Greenwood and Rashford don't defend mm. he's like they are very attacking players. I mean basically the pair of them are strikers that play out wide and he's like, you know, they don't defend. They're very quick. They're body positioning in terms of getting back, but they're not defenders. So if we have fullbacks that are just pressing up all the time, like we're going forward, we're going forward, they're going to have space all day long because yeah. they're not going to get tracked by these two. And that's what we did. And it basically took those two out of the game. I mean, mm. I know they had probably an effort, two efforts, three between them. Those two are... Very good players. I mean, mm. very good players. Attacking, offensive. They are going to rip teams apart this season. And everyone will be going, wow, look at that. Look how great they are. But against us, they were taken out of the game. Completely. Because they literally couldn't do anything. Yeah, completely. And also, I want to I wanna just highlight as well, Undombele absolutely smashing Pogba off, off the park in terms of physicality, in terms of every stat going, passing... Tackling, um, I mean, Undumbele at one point made an 80-yard sprint to get back in formation. That guy last season literally played 45 minutes of football without one sprint. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time an outfield player had done that in the Premier League ever. It was like mind-boggling. Jose took him off and went mental about it. This season, the guy is there, you know, yeah, he's he's lost the ball, but he's then sprinted to get back in the position, and Hoybier's won it back because that's what Hoybier does. Um, do, do, do you know what Hoybier? Like, how much did we pay for him, Sam? Was he like something like? Oh, tw- next, it's like a fraction. When you basically net, when you take out of the car, Walker Peters went the other way. You're talking about five million quid. It's it's unreal. I mean, when when you consider like, and, and again, I don't know the figure. I don't know if you can you can enlighten me with a figure. But how much did Man United pay for Harry Maguire? Eighty million. Quid. <laughs> They paid eighty yeah. million pounds for that guy, right? Yeah, who can't no. even head the ball back to his goalkeeper, and then no. and then decides to take out a defender to clear the space for Dombele <laughs> to score. And then you've he, got he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, there, he did. Yeah. But but then you've got Hybier, who, who he's one of them players, like you know, because obviously the the, the the focus was on uh, Sonny Kane and the goals yeah. and that. But that yeah, guy yeah. does so much. He is the he is the Don Bele, isn't he? Or, or, that we've been yeah. missing for so long. Did, he um, breaks up the play you, so did much. Did you know he could? Did you know he could pass like that? By the way, yeah, with the, what the Oya goal. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was inch perfect, wasn't it? Mate, I was I was so 
over the moon with that. Like literally, first time bang through ball, mate. That was that was sexy football. That was something else. That ball. I mean, that was just brilliant. And Aurier just comes onto it, bang. All he's got to do is pick his spot. You, you, I had no idea he had that in his locker. Insane, and when I saw him do that, I was like, wow. Did you know he's called... What he's, a player. Yeah. If so, he's uh, Pierre Hoybier, right? So if he was called yeah. Peter Hughes and he was English, would you, what kind yeah. of value do you think we'd, we'd have on him already? Oh, you're talking 150 million yeah. plus for a guy yeah. like that. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was just... It, just something else. And the funny thing is, like, when we signed him, on our, like, the reaction from fans on our Facebook page was really negative. Oh, you know, we should be aiming higher than this. You know, we're signing a player from Southampton. This is crap. This is rubbish. I hope all of those people who said that are actually watching these games mm. and are changing their opinions. Mm. Because, like, at the time, I was like, I can't believe this. This guy was the highest-rated player in his position in the Premier League last season. The season before, he was second in that list, you know, to, to Kante. Wow, you know, yeah. what a person to be second to. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and then... We've signed him for a deal which is phenomenal when you consider the financial constraints and everything going on. He's come in. His first game for us against Everton, the whole team was crap, right? He included. Everybody was rubbish. It was garbage. That performance was atrocious. Everybody knows that. But since that game, every game, the bloke looks amazing. Like, yeah. like gets better and better and better. It's like he's like, okay, I'm here now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I have, this is the system we're playing. This is the way we're playing. This is the way the boss wants me to play. It's like people gave him, like, literally, oh, I thought he was going to be crap. He was crap in the first game and that's it. Like, no, no, just keep watching. Like, Doherty was rubbish. I mean, rubbish against Everton. Awful. And he's growing, like, every game. Also, look at what competition's doing. That Sergio Regulon comes in and is phenomenal. Ben Davis comes on the pitch now, and the guy's got double yeah. the assists in one game than he's had all of last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he won a penalty for go- for goodness sake. Yeah. He was charging into the box. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, he won that penalty. He saw Pogba go to ground, flick the ball back, and went ah. Yeah, just basically <laughs> done what Man United did in the first yeah, minute, didn't he? Exactly, yeah. he did. He won the penalty. So yeah. not only is Ben Davis suddenly decided, all right, fine, if that's what you want from your fullback, I'll, I'll add that. I can have a bit of that. And not only has that happened, which is phenomenal, but on the other side, Serge Aurier has looked a transformed player to me. Mm. Like, he looked solid. He looked... um, Everything about his game against Man United was absolutely spot on. Do do you know what I like about Oreo as well? I know, like, he he gets a lot of criticism. And I know both of us have given him criticism in the past. But one thing I do like about him is that he's... It's a bit like with Sonny... um, like you know, with like on on obviously like on the pitch, Sonny. I, I feel like yeah. Sonny kind of is more probably has more impact. Like I know they're completely yeah. different positions, so it's maybe like comparing apples and pears sometimes. But yeah. what? But he's he's similar, I think, with, with Sonny, with that off the pitch mentality. You can see how much the players love him, like, and, and you yeah. can see how how his attitude. Like, and and I, I know we've kind of. Um, I know me and you had like a, a, a chat about our differing opinions with uh, uh, Ndombele after the Chelsea match with uh, after the yeah, penalties and yeah, the fact yeah. he didn't. And, and, and I appreciate it's just a matter of opinion. And I feel like sometimes with Ndombele, um, maybe, 
you know, like you said, he, he made that long run. But sometimes when yeah. you see him sort of walking along, like he's kind of, he's he's got a weird, weird I don't know, he's got a weird kind of way about him, like where he looks like he's lazy, but he's not. Do you know what I mean? But 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 with Ori, with Ori, he's just you can see he just he's got that energy that sometimes you think maybe just feeds into the team, you know, on in training and on the pitch. And and I think I think that's really important. I think that's really really important. Oh, it made me, made me laugh this week is I've learned that Sissoko, Aurier and Undobele have been nicknamed by the rest of the squad La Mafia. Because <laughs> they're the French Mafia. And basically the three of them are obviously always together. Yeah. And they posted, um, Undobele posted on Instagram, the three of them arriving at Old Trafford. Aurier, with glasses on, by the way, looks like an intelligent guy, which is terrifying. It just goes to show that glasses can do all wonders of things. <laughs> but the three of them are arriving, and like they're all smiles, happy and stuff. By the way, Undombelli smiling. It wasn't wind. I saw it. And they were there. And then all the comments are from like Giovanni Lucelso, Sanchez, all these other players. Like, ah, it's La Mafia arriving at the ground. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, stuff like that I love, by the way. Stuff like that. Like, you can see that the squad is really forming. So even though you've got these French players sticking together, it's not like they're a clique. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. they're kind of on their own. It's, it's a, a squad, a kind of like a joke thing, like, oh, here they are, La Mafia, you know, stuff like that. All you need to do is get Larissa in there as the godfather behind <laughs> them. Like, yeah, sure. yeah these, these are my boys, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, you know, I, I love stuff like that. I, I mean, I, I've played team sports, rugby and things, and, you know, you always get in a squad, you get a couple of people that are a bit kind of on the fringes and a couple of people who prefer to be on their own. I was one of them. I wasn't really part of any sort of group within it. But everyone's sort of together having a good laugh with each other and stuff. You can really, you as a team, perform so much better in that atmosphere mm. because you're all in it together. You're all like pulling in the same direction. So yeah. even if you've got like little friendship groups, everyone's still interacting with each other. Yeah, which is, sure. Which is huge. Yeah, absolutely. So seeing those little insights, I mean, it really pleased me. And, and I think in you look at these performances, I mean, 7-2, as you quite rightly corrected me, and <laughs> 6-1 in two games... I mean, I think Jose Mourinho himself laughed afterwards and said, just imagine what this team could do if they had a manager who wasn't so defensive. Eh? <laughs> yeah, so true. I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's true, he's like they'd be scoring 10, 11, 12 every game. I mean, <laughs> it is frightening. I mean, West Ham, for example. I mean, if I'm looking at this, I'd, I'd be looking at the international fixtures and I'd be saying prayers to all my gods that Gareth Bale does himself in trying to train to come back. Kane gets injured for England and Sonny gets injured as well because the idea of facing for the first time as a West Ham fan, the Kane-Son-Bale combination would terrify me. Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. I mean, I think any team, any team looking at that going, oh, we're going to be the first lot. You know, Bale's debut again, he's going to be so... I mean, Bale, the only thing that worries me is a little bit is he might try too hard. But uh, honestly, I think he's going to be so... I want to be exploded. I want everyone back in Madrid to see a headline. Bale re-debuts with stunning goal. Do you know what I mean? He's going to want to do something that everyone goes, Bale's back. Bale's yeah. the man. Well, and, and, uh, and by the flip side, sorry, just to, I think Kane's going to be like, yeah, you're back. I'm still the man. Yeah. <laughs> so they're literally the two of them who's going to be, yeah. yeah, exactly. And and you know what? Obviously, like, Bale, he scored some crackers, yeah. didn't he? But that one at yeah. Upton Park, 
I mean, oh, they've yeah. got some good memories yeah. West Ham about, aren't they? So let's hope he can add oh, another one to it. They, they love him. They think he's a wonderful human being. Every every West Ham fan I've ever known thinks that goal was a beautiful goal that they've had to watch again and again and again. I uh, I just there's something right. There's something in me as well that I I don't know how I'm going to be emotionally when I get to see Kane and Bale celebrate a goal together. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Why would that yeah. have any impact on me at all? A 37 year old man I turned 38 in January. I genuinely know those two on the same pitch together is going to make me have a kind of like <clears throat> oh, allergies yeah. in this yeah. house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about that that I just can't wait to see and. If it's against West Ham, which is what it looks like it's going to be, um, you know, all the gods willing and all the luck in the world that we come through the international break with everyone ready to go, I, I can't wait. I mean, like literally, I'm, I'm just for the first time in a while, I'm just I can't wait for the next game. I just think because we just didn't see it come. Like you know, we joked about it so often, didn't we? Like you know, just yeah. don't get your hopes when up. Clicks, Bow's yeah. not coming. Like I was saying, like you know, before we signed, like yeah, Bow's yeah. not coming to Spurs. Like it's just it's just not happening. All right, it's like one of those dreams yeah. that's just like you know, we'd love him to come back. It, it's it's so sentimental, but it's not going to happen, guys. And yeah. now. He actually is here, and actually he's going yeah. to be playing on the same pitch as like Kane and Son and players. It's it's mental. It's just like it's it's still it's almost like with with the with the Man United result. I mean, like you know, I, I spoke about um, in the past how uh, we, we're just longing to even get like you know for a draw. Old Trafford would be fantastic, and yet we're beating them six yeah. one, and it's kind of like. I know. Part of you just I has know. to pinch it's yourself, just... like that we beat um... Man United six one at Old Trafford, and Bow's going to be on the pitch for us so it's just like this doesn't yeah this unreal isn't it you know don't you um i'll tell you the other thing i think it's got me it, it's just sort of like one of these things that's just got me so invested or not i don't know what the right word is but just excited about the way we're playing is harry kane's kind of transformation not not a transformation because he's done this all the time but is the fact that teams are now terrified right because their whole game plan with Harry Kane was right. When he gets near the box, in the box, double up on him. Don't give him any space. Don't give the guy a yard. If he has to drop deep to collect the ball, we're winning. That's been the whole, you know, kind of how to defend Harry Kane. You're winning. Against Sergio Aguero, against Lewandowski, players like that, that is going to work. Because they're phenomenal strikers in the box, around the box. Push him away from it. You know, get him away from the box. What Kane has now demonstrated this season, and it's got to be terrifying defences, is that that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Because Sonny is lethal, and Bale and their connection is almost like telepathic now, and Kane is dropping off and pinging passes to Regulon, who's bombing down the left, Aurier or Doherty bombing down the right, Davis even bombing down the left now. Uh, and also, you got Undombele. You got Lachelso in and around him, who just take the ball off and thread the pass, move beyond him. You've got Delhi, who's gonna, who's gonna absolutely love playing in the same team as Hoybier. By the way, I, I, I know there's a lot of stuff about Delhi, and I know him and Jose have got issues, stuff like that. But Delhi is at his best when he's running past Kane. Kane gets the ball, flick it to Delhi. Delhi in on goal. That is Delhi's game for me personally. Hoybier will allow Delhi to play that game again, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing that we've got that option still. Mm. And then you add Gareth Bale to it. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? I, know. Um, you, I mean, Gareth Bale must be watching his games, watching Kane play in person for the first time, going, "Oh yes, 
yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I knew he was a good striker, but wow, this is going to be fun. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's insane the amount of assists, goals and assists he's had already this season. It's mental. Yeah, eight games, eight goals, seven assists. I mean, it's that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's in a ridiculous <laughs> that, stat. That that is, I mean, literally a league of his own. Um, yeah. And I, I, I mean, the bitterness coming from Arsenal fans about us sharing that stat. But, oh, oh, it's beautiful. You can <laughs> you can actually like. Just sustain yourself on their tears of fear <laughs> from it. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, but zero trophies. <laughs> oh, it's always literally, have to go back it. to oh, that's yeah. that's that's all you've got. Like that, yeah, yeah. that is literally it. Mm. He is so much better than any player you have or have had. Henri maybe was up there, but not as good. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so much better. So much better. He's like Burkamp and Henri rolled into one. He's ours. He's one of our own. He's a Tottenham fan. Yeah, he wore your shirt for a bit. We've all got shitty pictures wearing something stupid <laughs> as a kid. Don't hold that against him. No. And there, and there he is. And the only thing, like, the only way they can possibly feel a little bit better about their their selves in this moment is, yeah. But what's he won? Well, two golden boots in the Premier League, a World Cup golden boot. But as a team, so far, nothing. So far. But when we do win something this season. Mm. Because I'm confident, mm. I'm feeling confident right Me now. Me too. Yep. Maybe next week I won't, but we'll see. Mm. But I'm feeling confident of this team actually achieving something because we're seeing everything from attacking football to. And I know everyone's going to say our defence is crap. Liverpool have got the best defence in the league. Everyone knows that. They just conceded seven to Aston Villa. Can I, can I just say nobody you, is defending well? No, and also now you've mentioned that. That's something I wanted to mention on the podcast, and I know we we spoke yeah. about it after the game. Yeah, does could it be any more? And I don't. Oh God, I hate you. Any more Spursy? Uh, yeah. Any more Spursy? Than to beat Man United six one at Old yeah. Trafford, and it and not, not even be the biggest result. Of the yeah, game, and it not yeah. be in the first game of match of the day that evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what though? Right, and this is a genuine thing. I was happy about that. Really, I love it when we're just that little step off the radar. I yeah, love it. Yeah. That everybody that day went, "Oh wow, Aston Villa smashed Liverpool," yeah. and we'll just carry on. Yeah, you know, yeah. just let us carry on. Let us let us go to Old Trafford and smash them six one. Then go beat West Ham, and then go and win the next game, and the next game, and the next game, and then all of a sudden let everyone go. Wow, Tottenham are second. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, let absolutely. let that happen. Like. I, I love that. I, I absolutely love it. So when that happened, I was like, well, that's a freak result. But the beautiful thing is that freak result means that everyone's going to focus right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, point. don't get me wrong. Oli got a Solskjaer must have just rung Jurgen Klopp and been like, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he'll be right out. <laughs> Man, did I need that because my fans were ready to kill me and now they're just laughing at you lot. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, but uh, mate, I need I need us to move on to the fan questions because we've had a good few in, Let's go. and I don't want us to run out of time. So if you're ready, we'll move across. Let's go, mate. Now it's time for your comments. Right, we actually had one messaged into us, so I'm going to start with this one. Uh, it's from Dan. Um, <clears throat> oh no, Dan. Your surname, uh, Brilled, B-R-Y-L-D-E, Dan Brilled, mm-hmm. Brilda, Brildy. hey Dan, <laughs> how are you doing buddy, um, I don't know if this is the place where to ask a question, clearly it is, uh, the next episode of the Spurs News Podcast, number one, 
I thought Luke Shaw's brutal tackle of Lucas this Sunday was amongst, amongst the ugliest tackle I've ever seen. Yep. And I was sure it was going to result in a red card, but it wasn't. And to an even bigger surprise, I haven't heard that much about it afterwards. Was it only me that thought this, and it should have been given a red card? Mate, no. 100% it was yeah. atrocious. Disgusting. Because not only not only does he hack him down, which can happen when someone's burned you for pace, and you go for it, the ball's gone, and you bring somebody down. He looked at him. He literally knew he wasn't getting anywhere near him and saved him. And even his manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, in the video, in the background, goes mental about it. Mm. Like, literally, if you watch the video, you see him look at the player, kick him, and then in the background, Ole goes mental. Because he know- he's like, that's a red card. Because Ole knows, everybody knows, that that is a red card. The referee, already given one red card, knows the score of the game and bottles it. What I find interesting is, you know, sometimes these um, uh, Sky BT and stuff, they get former referees to discuss these things. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He's a guy I recognised his face, but uh, I can't think of his name. If it comes to me, I'll say it, but I can't think of it. It's not Dermot Gallagher, is it? No, no, No. I know that. (laughs) I want to say winter, but I'm probably wrong. But anyway, he said something which I found really interesting. He said, last season, Sonny broke a player's leg completely by accident with a trip. He said he was shown a red card and the justification for the red card was the severity of the injury. But just when it was reviewed, they were like, no, he's tripped him. No way. Yeah, it's a trip. It's a yellow. It's like, a, oh, no, you got past me, trip. But the severity of the injury shouldn't ever play into the fact it's a yellow card. And he's like, if Lucas had broken his leg in that challenge, it's a red card. No one would even flinch. It's like, that's disgusting. Red card. Get off my pitch. The FA would even review it to increase the ban, he said, because it was that bad. He said the severity of the injury should not impact the fact he literally tried to do him there. Yeah. He said he's kicked his shins out deliberately. Not like I've gone for the ball. Not like I've mistimed this. He has literally deliberately kicked a player. He said, anywhere else on the pitch, you just walk up to someone and kick them so hard they fall over, you're sent off. Mm, he said, mm. and that's what he's done. And I thought that summed it up brilliantly for me. It was it was a bit like, a, I don't know if you see them, like uh, they come up on like TikTok and, and social media yeah. when you see like uh, like two, three minute clips of Sunday League football and you see some tackles yeah, and you're like, yeah. Jesus, man, that is yeah. proper Sunday League style. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever played Sunday League no, football thank, like at a level like No, that? no. <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah, that looked that looked Sunday yeah. League. Yeah, he yeah, he wasn't no, like Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw didn't. Did he no. the ball was of no interest to him. No, you can none and, at all. And it was none just like all. I'm gonna hack him down. That's yeah. literally what it was. Yeah. yeah. That was literally, and yeah. I mean, there were other incidents in the game as well. There was an incident where um, a player literally stamped on Kane. Yeah, that's which right. Which they then reviewed with VAR slow motion, saw what happened, and did nothing. Mm. And another one where Paul Pogger raped his studs down somebody's leg as well. Mm. And I'm like, how they still only had 10 men and how they had the audacity to complain about the one red card they did have is beyond me. Uh, But anyway, Dan has a second question where he says, why are we seeking a new central defender when we already have four good options in Alderweireld, Dyer, Sanchez and Tanganga? What do you think, buddy? Why do you think we're looking at another defender? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's good to have... uh... 
well, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have five than four, you know. But to be honest, I, I think maybe the like you got to, like Tanganga's like a centre back, but maybe his 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 inexperience uh, yeah. could be a problem, like you know. So if you've got a big game against maybe like uh, Liverpool or something, and Tanganga's yeah. and maybe only Sanchez are the only two fit centre backs, then you yeah. kind of would rather have an established one, like the one we was going for uh, in Italy, you know, and also yeah, you've got... Skriniar. Skriniar. And also yeah. you've got Dyer, who I know he prefers playing at centre-back, but he's re- he's relatively new playing as centre-back, isn't he? So, yeah. I don't know, I just, yeah. In the Premier League, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah. it's interesting because you look at those four on paper, you'd say, yeah, you know, we didn't need to strengthen that position, but I think... What they were looking at is if there are players available and if there are deals to be done that immediately improves the first team, mm. which in turn improves the squad, it's a good option. Yeah, take like, it. So, yeah. for example, Tang Tanganga last season was part of this group of defenders as well. But we had Van Vertonghen as well. And over the course of a season when you're playing in four competitions, especially with these kind of truncated timescales, you're going to need your squad, mm. you know, so much. You're going to rotate. I mean, when we go back and we play West Ham after this international break, we don't have a week without a midweek game for six, seven weeks. Yeah. Like the Europa League is literally game, game, game. game. It's like six games in a row, six weeks in a row. Um, and then at the end of that, we got the League Cup game, uh, you know, so which is against Stoke. So literally for seven weeks, so like right into Christmas, which we all know is a fun schedule anyway, we are relentless, three games a week, non-stop, all the way through. So I think from Tottenham's point of view, what they're looking at is, okay, if we've got these central defenders, and you'd probably say, for me personally, Alderweireld and Sanchez are my first choice. That's just me. I know other people have got different combinations. Dyer and Tanganga, you can combine Dyer... Sanchez, but I just feel like Alderweireld and Dyer need to be combined with pace from Sanchez and Tanganga. That that's just my again my my thinking. I know other people have got different versions, and also different games. You know, Jose's very horses for courses. Okay, we're playing this team, therefore we're going to play three defenders. Mm. We're playing this team, we're going to play two. This team they've got no pace in attack, therefore dire. You're perfect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like sure. Everything's going to be different. Yeah. Um, and I think you looked at Skriniar as another player like Hoybier, like the others that are kind of winners in their positions, experienced internationals, experienced European campaigners, and he wanted to add that. The club are now looking at adding a left-sided centre back from Swansea, uh, but only if the deal's right. Um. But I think that's purely down to, again, just having the squad balance of having that extra defender in the squad. What is interesting, although Joe Roden's the player I'm talking about, is although he's Welsh, came through the Swansea Academy like Ben Davies, because Swansea have since Ben moved on, left the Welsh FA formally and joined the English FA he would be classed as homegrown in Europe. Mm. So Joe Roden, I know a lot of people have gone, oh, but we're already over foreign players. He is classed as homegrown. Those rules are weird, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, hopefully we've answered all of those. Um, Instagram, the mountain man is oh, back. Oh, he's back. Mountain man. <laughs> mountain man. Dun, dun, Which, you know, we need to get a jingle for him as well. 
I just did it. That was it. <laughs> no, but no, no the, dun, dun, dun. a proper one from the, from my, from my American guy. Uh, I, I'll, I'll look at you. <laughs> Mountain Man. If you message us and say hello, I will get you a proper jingle for every time you ask a question. There you go. But you got to prove you are listening and not just asking questions like pissing in the wind. Right? You got to do it. <laughs> Uh, Mountain Man says, Hi, my question to you is, why do you think in the midst of a pandemic and economic uncertainty does Livy stumble across the keys to the safe? In the Pochettino era, he seems so unwilling to back him. I can only think of what might have been if Pochettino had the same support. Um, I mean, I've got an answer for this. What do you think? Yeah, I, I know. I, I know. Obviously, you you know uh, from the from the financial side. I, I guess that's where you're going to go with. But but <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah, no, but I know. But mate, that's that's your your forte. That's yeah, what you know. You, that's me. But but from from my point of view, and I mentioned earlier about um, comparing Solskjaer and Pochettino, um, and yeah. say and that feeling that they're both quite similar. I think mm. there has to be an element of um, so, a friend of mine at work who's a Man United fan, just absolutely fuming about the business Man United have done. And I know they got um, yeah. uh, oh, his name escapes Cavani. me. Cavani at the end. It, it felt a yeah. bit like, although Cavani's far superior player to Igalo, it felt like that kind of last minute striker deal, get a striker in the last yeah. minute, you know. Yeah. And he was really complaining about the way they'd done, they've done business, and it felt very Pochettino era. Uh, the way the business is done and I think part of it is the fact that as much as Pochettino I love we love Pochettino and I think Solskjaer's a a decent guy as well and and it's got good you know good philosophies with the way he manages I just think there's something about having Mourinho insist on transfer as opposed to Pochettino insisting on on transfers I think he's just he's got more of an influence over the over the board and especially over Levy yeah, I mean my my I mean my personal opinion is that Pochettino was a manager who would look at a player and say, "I want you to sign me Tangi Undumbele. He's going to cost sixty million. I want Zaha. He's going to cost forty million. Those two players or nobody." And Daniel Levy, whilst the stadium was being built, simply couldn't provide the funds to buy the players that Pochettino wanted. Pochettino. It was always very open with the press. Said, "Oh, I don't want to sign for signing sake. Mm. I won't just add a player to this squad." And I think Pochettino himself will possibly have learned from this that you do need to evolve the squad. Like, is he'd look and go, "The option I've got." Like Daniel Levy would say, "Look, I cannot get you this player. We cannot afford him. You know, we just can't." But here's another player of a similar profile. The scouts have pointed out we can afford, and I think Pochettino would look at it and go, "No, nah, that's not the guy." No, that's that's not the one for me. I've got Dyer in the squad. Dyer can do it. And then over time, unfortunately, those players became complacent. Those players just became stale. I think if Pochettino has a run again where he's at a club for a few years, I think he'd do things differently. I think because, you know, that's the first time he's been at a club that length of time. Mm. You're going to learn. You know, you've got to learn from these things. So for me, I think he'll do things differently. Um, but that that's just my personal opinion on that. From the financial side of things... The the stadium overrun blew what was a phenomenal idea apart with our finances. The idea that you do this bridging loan, which basically means you don't make monthly repayments on it, and then the minute the stadium was completed, it would become this commercial loan which took it out, which meant that no money came from the club at all, and then the stadium would literally pay for itself due to concerts because of 
rugby matches, NFL games, so the club's budget would get all the benefit and none of the negative, phenomenal planning. Yeah. Unfortunately, what happened was you ran into this overrun situation, the mistakes that were done in the build, and all of that went to hell, which meant in the window where Pochettino needed it the most, really, not the last one, the one before, he couldn't get any support, and and that is just an absolute crap show of timing and and bad. Um, it's difficult because I want to say bad planning, but the plan was great. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you almost you could look at it and go, yeah, massive projects. You should always factor in the possibility of it going, you know, backwards. But I don't think it was a lack of effort on Daniel Levy's part. I mean, judging by what the contractors have said about him, the guy was an asshole to them. Yeah, four hours a day seven days a week. I mean, when they handed him the keys, they must have all gone, right, I'm taking a holiday. <laughs> I, I ain't ever working with that guy again. Um, seriously, there's, there was this program, Richard Hammond did it, about the stadium, purely the stadium. And they interviewed one of the lead guys and he was like, he was the most demanding client. He's like, I've been doing this with stadiums and buildings for 30 years and he is the most demanding. He's like, I'd get a phone call at three in the morning. If I didn't pick up, I'd get 10 emails Jesus. and 14 messages. Jesus. And, yeah, I mean, you'd want to kill him. <laughs> just, it's like underneath one of the towers, just push him in, pour the concrete. No one will know, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was for lack of, like I said, the plan was great. I don't think it was for lack of desire or want. It just, the timing was awful. Mm. And then by the time the squad becomes stale, the club was in this choice. You either stuck with Pochettino and spent a hundred million every window for the next few windows, or you pulled the trigger, brought in Jose, who had a different approach to recruitment. By all accounts, Jose last season was writing reports every single week on the squad on like, this is the profile we need. This is what we need. So by the time they got to the window, the scouting team under Steve Hitchin literally had lists of players like, okay, based on all of your reports and what you've said, these are the players we're looking at. And then between them, they went, well, we want that guy, that guy, that guy. That's our first choice. Mm. Then that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. that's mm. our second choice. Mm. And judging by what Mourinho said in his press conference a few days ago, He's got all of his top choices, yeah. including the striker, by the way, who apparently was the number one choice, but we couldn't afford him at the start of the window. So we then started shopping around like crazy, but then at the end of the window, we managed to do this loan deal. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, he's literally got... he's got all. Of, he said, I've got my choices and bail. <laughs> wow. That's not a bad <laughs> who, who window, clearly, is it? <laughs> yeah, who clearly wasn't on, on a list of kind of, oh, we could add Gareth Bale. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It was like a we've got a chance here. Well, yeah, you don't turn that down. He was just a lovely Brucey bonus, Bell, wasn't he? Lovely Brucey bonus. Okay, uh, so next question's from Liam Hickey. Liam says, the improvement of players already at the club over the last season, after everyone slated Mourinho for his man management and team media, does he get the credit he deserves? I saw him in a different light on the Amazon show, and clearly he's getting the best out of the likes of Undombele and a few others that weren't performing. Why do you think that is? I just... Go on, Matt. <laughs> Where'd you start? Go on, Matt. Have that one, Matt. I, I think part of it is like, we're, 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 it's almost like we're riding a bit of a crest or a wave at the moment. Things are going well, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah. I appreciate, and I think I saw a little interview with Eric Dyer recently where he says, with football, you just have ups and downs all the time. So I wonder in a couple of weeks' time, you know, don't get me wrong, I'd love, I'd love this to carry on and I hope it does. Yeah, yeah. But I just think, I think, well, let's see how it goes. I mean, give it maybe two or three months 
uh, of this season. And if we're still playing as phenomenally as we are and banging in goals for fun, then clearly something Mourinho done, has done has worked, you know. But yeah, it, it, yeah I think the proof of being a pudding, I think. I, I just think like, we're, we're, like, I, I, we're after the Everton game, we did a podcast, didn't we? And we were like, oh, yep. here we go, here we go. It's going to be another yeah. shit season. Mourinho, this yep. shitty defensive football. But it's just yep. all clicking at the moment. And yeah, and that's the thing. Me and you have said for a long time, it feels like if this clicked, yeah. we'd be great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, in one week, it felt like it clicked. Now, Sodsville, we then go into the international break, so it's like we start again. Yeah. But I've got that excitement because of the players that are going to be fit and stuff. And... um. Yeah, Liam, I mean, I, I think you can look at this and say the the squad, because of his CV, I think he commands an element of respect. Like, for example, Delhi in interview, although he's clearly, those two aren't vibing, if you know what I mean, Delhi constantly and still is saying everything he's saying to me, I'm taking on board. You know, mm. I'm not taking it like a personal attack. He, he's saying these things to me because he wants me to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, he said that on the Amazon documentary. He said it after it came out. He said it on the record, I think, a week ago. The thing with Delhi, and I think the thing that a lot of people aren't realising, is he wants to be back in the England squad. Yeah. His fear is that if he's not in the Tottenham team, he ain't getting back into England. Mm. So when there was an opportunity of him going out on loan to PSG crop that where he'd play every week, of course he was going to be interested in that, especially if Jose's telling him, look, I ain't guaranteeing you minutes. I want you to work harder. So, yeah, of course that's going to be of interest. But he's with us now. That window's closed. That opportunity's gone. The player's apparently happy. He's not, like, you know, going up the wall, sulking in the corner. He's like, okay, right, I'm here. Let's let's play. He was named on the bench against Man United. Um, and, and I think has done very well when he's been asked to do anything recently. So it's up to him, you know, Delhi to come back. And I think with Jose and his man management... Um, I think he struggles with the younger footballers of today simply because he doesn't understand the social media and the kind of the the culture of the young players. I think that would be the same for any manager. I think, for example, Roy Hodgson's talked about it loads. But I think unlike other managers, Jose's very abrupt at like, calling people out on it. Well, what would you rather be, a footballer or a social media star? Come mm. on, put your phone mm. away, get on with it. And I think with some, that upsets them. I think with others, they go, okay, boss. And they crack on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, but like you just said, it's very easy when everything's feeling good right now to go. He's amazing. Look what he's done. Um, but let's see where we are in a month's time. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. We'll still be smiling. Um, yeah. Nick Grogan says, "I have a question coming for or coming for Australia or from Australia. I really like the future of Spurs with so much young talent coming through the ranks." But when they are loaned out to other clubs, what control, in air quotes, for lack of a better word, do the Tottenham management have? Um, do they have control over their playing time, what position, etc., etc.? Um, it varies massively. Some players are sent out on loan and it's just like, go to that club, play, have fun, see you soon. Mm. Um, other players, the discussions, I can give you an example. Um, Ryan Sessignon's left us on loan to go to Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim needed a left back. That deal has been put together purely for Ryan Sessignon to play at left back or left wing back in their system for a season. We can't force a team to give a player minutes. 
we can say, look, you know, we're loaning him to you to be your first choice. And they'll say, yeah, of course. But if he gets there and he's crap, you know, you can't just say, well, you got to keep playing him. Um, but you have then got the option to recall. So, for example, in January, if he's getting no minutes, he's not playing, then there will be an option built in where we go, well, look, bring him back. You know, this this ain't working out for anybody. Uh, but, yeah, that that's the kind of element of control. Some loans, for example, uh, Troy Parrott's at Millwall, and he's picked up an injury, which is really sad. But Troy being at Millwall means that, at the moment, he's training at Hotspur Way as well with our medical staff. Um, just to help him on the rehab. So he's training with his teammates at Millwall, but then he's also come to Hotspur Way. Because of the locality, he can do that. Um, other loans, obviously, that's impractical. I know some of the youngest players that go out on loans, typically they look for London-based clubs so they can spend at least one day a week still at Hotspur Way. Mm. Um, you know, just so they can speak to the coaches, you know, how are you getting on, how are things? Because for a lot of the younger players, of course, you know, they've come to Tottenham as kids, they live locally or they live with like families locally. When they go out on loan, I mean, there's great stories from Andros Townsend and stuff like that in the past. The club literally like sent them to wherever and like, good luck. And no, didn't check in with them. They were like living on their own for the first time. You know, think of Deli Ali learning how to cook beans. It's a bit like that, you know? <laughs> they were like, what do we do with ourselves? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the element of control, there, there's the, the club have worked hard to try and get the loan system back working for us. It's something Pochettino didn't really believe in and didn't didn't get involved. Jose is a big believer in players getting minutes. You know, if you're not going to get minutes from me, go and get minutes because I still think you've got a future at this football club. Ryan Sessignon, um, everything coming out of the club is they see him and Regulong as the left-sided full-back, wing-back options for the next decade. They want those two to be there. And so, Ryan, go get games um, and then come back and hopefully he'll, he'll be you know, he'll be well up for next season. Mm, fingers crossed. Next one, Matthew Fleming. Just the one question from me today, lads. Thanks for answering my trilogy a few weeks ago. Looking at our squad, we now have at least two players in each position, which should allow us to rotate fully and compete in multiple competitions. With that in mind... What are your minimum expectations for the season? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, go on, Matt. Go on, Matt. You answer this one, Matt. Go on. Well, I think we should need to speak to Harry Redknapp because according to him, he thinks we've got a good minimum. chance of winning the yeah. league. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he's, he, he's, he's getting on a bit now. <laughs> funny, funny enough, though, he did, he did uh, yeah. mention, didn't he, the fact what Matthew just said, that because we've got strength in depth, that, that might be an advantage yeah. to us. So, look, I don't give me wrong. I mean, that was his focus, yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to get carried away. I'm not going to say we're going to win the league. But at the same time... Well, no, I'm, Everton are. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what I will say is this league, this Premier League, does look very open. It has a very 2016 feel about it. So, if we, yeah. do, if we do carry on with the momentum that we've had from the last few games then I don't genuinely don't see why we haven't got a shot at it I, I don't see why we haven't yeah. got a shot at winning the Premier League uh, I mean like Man, Man City looked ord- look ordinary Liverpool who were famous for their defensive record last yeah. season when they just absolutely destroyed the league just got walloped and it could have been worse I mean that ball it, it they hit the cross but they could have, it could have been double figures you know so yeah. I, I, I think we've got a, 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 a better chance a good chance of, 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 of winning it you know, the Europa League, I know you mentioned earlier about the fact that our group's tough, but this isn't Champions yeah. League tough, is it? This is Europa League tough. So yeah. and, and and I think that we're we're a Champions League we're a Champions League team. So you, you know, you I guarantee you ask anybody 
from our group who's the best team in that group and everyone will say Spurs and that's just not me being biased mate yeah. we are we have got the best squad in that group so we've yep. got a good chance coming out of that and then with Mourinho's record look I think there are trophies there for the taking and as, as you said earlier um, you know with with a, with a strike force with, with, Bale, with, with Bale now here Son and, and Kane it is and I know we've mentioned this before but it's, it's on a par, I'd suggest, with Liverpool front three, you know, and yep, and so with with we, goals, we should be scoring goals for fun. So it's, it's it's I think it's just a mentality thing. And and I will quickly say, like I, I I've been getting to my running recently, and uh, like yeah. I, I've like I've done um, like some five k's. And yesterday I, I thought I'm going to push myself to do a five miler, and physically. I, I was fine doing it. Like I got to about three miles and I'm like, do you know what? I can physically, I've got no problem doing the last two miles. But then my brain said to me, do you know what, Matt? Just just, just do a 5K today. You haven't got to do this five mile. And it is, yeah. and I realised that the mental side of it is so important. So if we could, if these players are right in the head, I genuinely don't, they've got the ability to, to, to do anything this season. They have, genuinely. Yeah. Okay, well, no, that's very positive. Uh, the one thing I'll add to that is Jose Mourinho has won the Europa League every time he's entered it, twice before, and Jose Mourinho has never finished lower than second in his second season at any club. Wow, wow. And that was with Man United, by the way. Yeah. His last club before us. Um, so there you go. There, there's some enthusiasm. Uh, Chris Felstead uh, basically wants to echo another question, but... He um he wants to know what we'd be realistically expecting. I mean, to be honest with you, Chris, I just want to see us challenge. I, there's a lot of luck involved with winning a trophy. Obviously, I want us to win something. I want us to win four trophies this season. I'm greedy. But I know there's luck involved. And sometimes it just don't go your way. We have just beat Chelsea in a penalty shootout, which I never thought was going to happen. We've then drawn Stoke, which could be argued out of all the options that were there, was one of the better ones for a draw in the League Cup. So maybe that little bit of luck is there, and maybe we will lift at least something this season, which is phenomenal. But to have us there competing is where my mind is. Because like, if we finish second in the league to a team and we've pushed them the whole way... Yeah, it's gutting that we finished second, but at least we've been there fighting for it, you know, like we, we have. Uh, the FA Cup, you get to the final, you lose to one of these dodgy handball decisions, it's going to might make us want to burn the stadium down, but we were there, we were there fighting for it. So for me, I want to see us compete, but like you know, Matt just said, at the moment, there's this real good feeling about where we are, and with Jose's record, you've got a, you know, and there's a one in the year. What more do you need than that? <laughs> Uh, Simon Whiteman says, which of our academy players do you expect to see loaned out before the domestic window closes? I'm amazed Clark isn't already at Birmingham. Um, the the manager there is Jose's mate. Um, the deal was talked about ages ago. I, I can't work out why that hasn't happened yet. So Clark to a championship team, definitely, I think. Um there's about five or six others that are looking at League One, League Two loans that I know that are in talks. Um, because of various people that are very well connected with the academy have told me that. So I'm expecting to see quite a few go out. I was planning to do a loan roundup next week because we've got some out on loan now already playing and doing well. Um, and I'm thinking by then we should know a few others as well. So uh, hang fire on that. Next week we're doing something a bit more comprehensive um finally 
The comment is from a guy called Brody, I think. Sorry, dude. Um, I have no idea. B-R-O and then D-Y, but loads of umlauts and hyphens. I'm probably butchering this, and I apologise. He says, I'd like to know about Jack Clark. That's ironic. Um, And if Mourinho's got him in his plans uh, to loan him. I mean, seeing his highlights back when he was at Leeds, he plays a lot like Mason Greenwood and Jadon Sancho, except for his finishing. I hope you add this question. Well, we did. Thank you. Um, he, he loves to beat players. I mean, like, literally the guy lives for it, um, standing a player up and going past them. His end product's where there's an issue at the moment, but that's games. He needs to play games. He went back to Leeds on loan last season, and they just stuck him, sat there. So I want to see him go on loan to the championship and play every single week. If he does that, his end product will improve because there's nothing quite like a teammate threatening to kill you if you don't cross it to improve as a young player. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, yeah, um, you'll get there. Uh, sorry, there are two more. Pete Thompson says, Academy update, please. And what's going on with our fringe players such as Danny Rose and Jack Clark? Well, Clark, we just talked about. Academy loaning everything I'll do next week. Um, Danny Rose... Uh, the club want him to leave. The player tells everyone he wants to leave because he wants to play. And yet there's now a quote from Gareth Southgate today talking about how Danny Rose told him he'd be frozen out at Tottenham. Um, look, there, there's reasons why you've been frozen out. Everybody knows it. Anyone who watched a documentary can go, if I spoke to my manager like that, <laughs> I'd be frozen out yeah, too. Yeah, of course. Um, so, look, Danny, I've got so much love for Danny Rose and everything he's done for our club. He's been with us such a long time. I am constantly conflicted with how I feel about Danny Rose and that situation. Like, part of me is like, I'd love the club just to go, look, here's your contract. We're going to pay it up. You're not going to get a testimonial because we're giving you like a couple of million quid here. But, you know, thank you for everything you've done. Here's a tribute video. Here's a wonderful going away present. Here's a watch. Thank you for everything you've done. It's just time for us to go our separate ways. And then there's another part of me that goes, you know what? If you're going to be an ass about it, sit in the frigging reserves for a season. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's true, isn't it? He's conflicting. Yeah, yeah, I am conflicted. Finally, Alpesh K. Patel. Alpesh, do you feel that we've had squad enrichment? (laughs) It should be happy. I've not read your question. It should be. You, you, sir, of all of our fans, fellow Tottenham fans, should be sat there going, that squad is enriched. If he's demanding more squad enrichment, then I'll give up. I'm looking, I'm looking now. I'm looking. <laughs> right, he says, would you play free with Hoybier in front of two centre-backs uh, with two wingers, Lachelso and Dombele, and three up top with Kane, uh, Humansan, Bale, like we did versus United? but Lechoso or Sissoko in there. It seemed Pierre played better in the defensive role, and I like Sergio uh, and Serge's wing-backs. They played well versus United. I think due to our squad enrichment, Alpesh, <laughs> I think what we're seeing here is we have actually got a ton of options now um, where we can play a back three with wing-backs. We can play a back four with attacking full-backs, defensive full-backs in Davis. You know, we can do this system where the right side is going to bomb forward and switch into a three. Hoybier also has that, what Dyer was doing back when Dyer was very dynamic as a defensive midfielder, which is the minute a full-back goes, just tucks in. Yeah. That's yeah. what he does, just tucks in. And if we lose the ball high up... He's there. Bang. No, you're not getting past me. You know, oh, did I trip you up? Sorry, ref. That was bad timing, wasn't it? He's got that ability about him just to commit a foul and get naughty Pierre. 
Naughty, come yeah, on, come yeah. on, naughty. Yeah, I think he. I think it's tactical. Yeah, he 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 does it as well. I don't know if it's you that mentioned it to me or somebody else, but he's got that ability just to not look like he's like none of his tackles look like yeah. they're going to be yellow cards. You know, yeah. he's yeah, exactly, very clever. Yeah. He yeah. just he just brings people down constantly, yeah. to break up attacks, and he just stands there like oh. Oh, you sure, ref? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that was a good decision, sir. I like you. <laughs> and, you know, and the referee's like, what nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, funny. Sure. I mean, it's yeah. funny because there are some players like uh, Nagola Kante was like that. Mm. Nagola Kante, I used to watch him hack people down. Be like, how does he never get booked? Yeah, he has yeah. this kind of like, oh, me, sir? <laughs> oh, did I mistime that one? <laughs> You're right, I did, didn't I? I'll be more careful next time. Thank you so much for the warning. I, <laughs> You're a good chap. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's so it's true. Just, uh, it's funny. It's, it's funny so that some players can do that. Whereas when Keane stepped onto the pitch, the referee was like, hang on, I'm just going to write your name on this card because I know I'm going to be getting out at some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you breathe on an opponent, yellow. Uh, by the way, um, I, I just want to say before we wrap, watching Patrice Evra have a mental breakdown in the Sky Studio oh, it was, um, awesome. was beautiful. It was very Roy Keane-esque, wasn't it? The only thing that would have been the only thing that would have been more beautiful is if they got keen on some sort of Skype call. <laughs> like, oh, Roy, what would you say to your Man United teammates now? That, I mean, that would have given me life. I just want to find Roy Keane's number and say, Roy, would you mind just telling me what you'd have said to your team after that? Because I, I just need to hear it. <laughs> I just loved it because it was very um, Roy Keane but, uh, was, when you said about slapping them. It's like, I just want to give him a slap. It's yeah, like... <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, that was mad, uh, oh. mate. I mean, that's it. That's everything for this week. Um, I'm looking forward very much to us playing again. Obviously, we're in the international break at the moment. Uh, we will be back next week, like I said. Uh, we'll have more of a summary from the transfer window where it is still open domestically. Um, we'll talk a bit more about that, and obviously, we'll talk about the players on loan and who else could be joining them. So that'll be next week. Until then, my friend, you take care, and I'll speak to you then. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News.